0: You're listening to the Wordslinger Podcast, episode 116, Writing into the Dark with Dean Wesley Smith. This episode of the Wordslinger Podcast is brought to you by Draft to Digital. Convert your manuscript, distribute it online, and get support the whole way at drafttodigital.com. It's the Wordslinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand, write your book redefine who you are. It's all about this story here. What's yours? Now, here's the guy who invented pants-optional, Kevin Tomlinson, the word slinger. word slinger. Hey everybody, this is Kevin Tomlinson, the Wordslinger. Thanks so much for tuning in again. Uh, I, Man, I really appreciate when you come by. I really do. I try to clean the place up a little I, uh, <laughs> actually, um, despite the fact that we moved into this apartment, uh, uh back in April, first of April, um, we're still kind of doing some unpacking and moving things around. It's, it's crazy. Um, uh, but most of that's due to the extensive travel that Kara and I have both been doing. Um, the joke right now is that, you know, we were always praying, uh, you know, years ago, we were always praying about getting the RV And we were always praying about traveling, uh, but we probably should have spent a little bit of time praying that we would be traveling together in the RV. (laughs) Because now now we basically just, we each end up flying to our own separate destinations um, quite frequently. So anyway, uh, but that's been good. It's been, you know, it's a little exhausting when you're you're traveling that much, but it's actually been pretty good for both of us, I think. Um, Now we'll start doing some more traveling together. Uh, soon we have a trip planned for october anyway um for uh boston and the surrounding area we're going to be in we're thinking about being in salem for uh halloween now how cool is that <laughs> so uh if you're in that area let me know we, we'll we try to you know we we, we want to spend some time together and, and hang out and do stuff but uh i'd love to see some people that um you know i don't get to see very often so if you're in the boston area um let me know i wanted to uh take a minute to thank a listener uh jason a dimick actually he's an author um and he sent me a copy of his book which by the way jason this there's it's an incredible cover it's um his series is called armor of the fallen uh this is book one that he sent me wielder of the gauntlets and it's got this uh well, it's a kid in a hoodie, uh, but with like a mystic gauntlet on. You can see his sneakers and everything. He's overlooking like a city skyline. It's um, reminiscent. <clears throat> I'm going to say of a certain uh, wordslinger book called Evergreen. At least in the uh, uh, tone, I think it's cool. Um, he wrote a very nice inscription inside. And Jason, I didn't ask your permission, but I want to read it anyway. And you can uh, slap me around later if uh, if you didn't like that. I apologize. <laughs> But it was such a a nice inscription. I wanted to read it. Um, Kevin, thank you for being a great inspiration to me as I begin my author career. The Word Slinger podcast played a big part in motivating me to finish this book, and I always look forward to the great content you have on it. I wish you much more creative success in all your future endeavors and pray that God will bless your life and your writing for many years to come. Sincerely, Jason A. Demick. And uh, if I'm mispronouncing your name, Jason, I apologize. I didn't ask you in advance. Um that seems that seems like a logical pronunciation so (laughs) at any rate um i'm always thrilled it's 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 always very um impactful to me one second i'll clear my throat now isn't that better um it's always very impactful to me to get feedback from people um you do not have to send me your book or, or anything like that. I do appreciate that sort of thing, but you know, uh, you need to be selling your books. You need to be selling your stuff. So don't don't give everything away for free all the time. <laughs> so, uh, but I don't mind. I mean, it's fine. But um, I do appreciate when I get feedback like this because it it makes it, it makes me realize just how much of an impact the show has and. You know, at this point, uh, there have been times I will admit where I go back and forth, and I wonder: should I continue the show? And I think I should. I mean, I'm not gonna, nobody panic. <laughs> but I, I wonder: should I continue the show? And is it is it producing the effect I am after? Am I, you know, am I benefiting from it uh, personally? You know, but uh, but also am I providing something that uh, benefits others? And um, I believe I am. <laughs> <laughs> I bl- and and the feedback I'm getting seems to suggest that I am so uh at any rate I I do appreciate that Jason uh thank you for everyone who sends in notes and phone calls and messages on Facebook um telling me how much you like the show I do appreciate that yeah it, ha- it has a huge impact on me by the way like I I might be in a totally negative headspace and get one of these and I feel much better now um Getting on with uh, show-related stuff, we've got today. We're we're gonna hear an interview from Dean Wesley Smith. And if you haven't followed uh, this guy's career, um, who are you, and what world have you invaded us from? Because it's, uh, <laughs> he's one of the most prolific authors I know. Uh, and he you know he had a very long and lucrative um, traditional career, but has since shifted to being an indie publisher. Um, I love this kind of philosophy. So basically for years now, uh, past several years, oh sorry about that. Uh, for past several years, uh, people have recommended his work to me and, and I mean his nonfiction work. I had actually read quite a bit of his fiction, uh, without realizing it was him. <laughs> Cause I used to read like basically every Star Trek adaptation there is, um, Plus a few of the, you know, there was some comic book stuff and everything, you know. So there's, he's written a lot of books that I've read. Um, well, mostly when I was younger. Uh, but I, so I followed, I have followed his career without realizing I was following it. But people kept recommending his nonfiction work, uh, specifically the book Writing into the Dark, which is, you know, informs the title of this episode. And uh, I, it took me a while to get around to it because, you know, Everybody has a million books that they tell you you absolutely must read. I think the reason people kept recommending this one to me, though, is because of how similar uh, Dean's philosophy is to my own. <laughs> so when I, talk, when I talk to people about writing and editing, um, the advice I give them is almost word for word, the advice that Dean gives in his book, Writing Into the Dark. So if you're a writer, if you're an author... Um, I highly recommend this book. Now this is geared a great deal towards those of the pantsing crowd. Um, if you're a plotter, you, you might, I think, I still think you get something out of this. Um, I should probably say that I don't have an objection to plotting as a philosophy or, or (laughs) as a method, I guess, but, uh, it's never been my cup of tea and the, the number of times I've tried it, I've never been able to do it, uh, in a way that was satisfactory to me. It always seemed like I was tripling my work basically Uh, and and taking too long to get to the stuff that, you know, the parts that were really the motivation to write in the first place. Like I'm here to tell a story (laughs) and I want to tell that story right now. Um, And I want to discover that story uh, in the same pace that the reader discovers the story. So that's why pantsing has always been uh, for me. And I think that's why it's, you know, it works for a lot of people. Um, that's the way my brain is organized and other people are much better at plotting and, uh, figuring everything out in advance and then going back and sort of filling in, uh, the gaps. And I think that's incredible. That's an incredible skill. I've never had it <laughs> way back in school when they would have you outline papers, I would literally write the paper and then go back and outline from the essay <laughs> so that I could just fulfill the requirements of the assignment. I, I was never able to just outline and then create from an outline never uh so (laughs) that may that may not shock many people um but uh anyway this interview with dean wesley smith is fantastic i hope you enjoy it uh we'll get right into it and uh stick around after we'll do some housekeeping and uh you know kind of get everything else out of the way so take care and i'll see you after this interview with dean wesley smith thanks for tuning in, and now today I'm actually chatting with somebody who's become something of a, uh, a recent hero of mine, I, and, and unbeknownst to me, I, I actually read quite a few of this man's books <laughs> uh, over the years and, and never quite put it together, uh, but today I'm, ch- I'm chatting with Dean Wesley Smith, and he is, among other things, uh, the author of Riding into the Dark, uh, plus a few hundred more, like 150 more other books uh, that you may have read, and uh, I hope you do, uh dean i really appreciate you being on the show i'm I'm really glad to have you here
1: my pleasure it's good to be here thank you
0: no uh you know and i'm going to tell everybody up front we're on a slight delay so if if i ask a question dean is not ignoring me um (laughs) at least i don't think he is he he might choose to (laughs) to a little later um but anyway no no that's okay (laughs) (laughs) so dean i Okay, first, I mean, I, I have to tell you, I mean, I, I, for whatever reason, I never got around to reading um, Writing Into the Dark until recently. Um, and uh, it had been actually recommended to me several times. And for some reason, it kept kind of slipping, you know, kind of off my shelf there. Uh, but about a week ago, I picked it up and read it. And uh, one of the things I really dig about it is you you and I share uh, certain philosophies when it comes to writing out. I'm a complete pantser. I ride into the dark. I always have, um, and uh, a lot of people uh, that I have worked with in the past are just completely freaked out about that. But that's really sort of your philosophy too, right?
1: It one hundred percent. I, when I was doing media books back in you know twenty years ago, um, I had to do outlines because yeah. outlines had to be approved. I hated that process. Just loathed it. Um, and then what I would do is I'd get the outline approved. I would never look at it again. And it would, you know, months and months earlier that the outline was done, I'd never look at it again. I just write the novel I wanted to write in the dark. Um, so even when I was doing, when I had to do it for media, I would do the outline and then ignore it. (laughs) It Just didn't work. didn't work for me to try to follow an outline.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I've had trouble myself. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. I, it, it's a, it's a process for me of, of, of. Being able to actually create as I go along, and that's where the fun for me is. I, I want to, for me, the writing process is like the reading process. I'm exploring and reading a reading a book, writing a book at the same time. That um, um, I want to find out where it goes, and if I know all the details and where it's going, my uh, I have a very low threshold of. Of oh shiny is what chris calls it where i just run off into the distance and do something else right so i get bored easy and so i try to keep myself entertained and that way i figure the readers will be
0: entertained. that's uh i think that's a good philosophy and uh i th- one of the things i've really enjoyed about about this book uh in particular and i also read your uh the Heinlein's five business rules or uh, I, I, I could be completely mm-hmm. butchering yeah. the title but um no, I read yeah, just
1: Highland's Rules. It's, that's what it's yeah. called. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. and uh, also excellent. And you kind of referred to this book in there, which is what sort of led me back to it. And uh, I've completely lost track of what I actually was going – the point I was actually going to make with this. But uh, I have enjoyed kind of seeing sort of – one of the things I've noticed is that it's I've had a hard time in the past articulating to people why I write the way I write. So I've I've really enjoyed seeing your take on it because it's it's kind of like you just sort of picked up what I was trying to say to people <laughs> and put it into print. So I appreciate it.
1: <laughs> you know, early on, early on for me, I thought I was I was I thought it was weird um, because I had that same kind of reaction from people. Oh no, you have to outline. Oh yeah. no, you have to do this. You have to do that. And um, now I write uh, I write a series of mystery novels um, uh, called in my Cold Poker game universe. They're very, very, very complex puzzle mysteries
2: mm. set
1: in Las Vegas and and they're puzzle mysteries and people say, "How can you write a puzzle mystery where you don't know? I have no idea. I just let my detectives you know yeah. figure it out as I go along as I'm writing and, and it, they become very complex and very twisted and The key with writing into the dark is knowing that you don't have to write it from word one to the last word. That really is the key. Once you get that out of your head and that you don't have to write it like a reader reads it, you can jump out and go back and fix things. And and so I write, I fix everything as I go. I never leave anything. I never write sloppy. Um, I never write what people call first draft. You know, I, I just found that, I find that lazy. Um, I just write. I just write one draft, and when I'm at the end, I'm done, yeah. and um, and therefore, but therefore, I'm constantly going back and fixing all the way through, just kind of cycling back and cycling back yeah. until I get to the end. And when I'm at the end, I put it away and never look at it again. <laughs> you know, I give it, I give it to someone to deal with, and never look at it.
0: And I, I, I gotta tell you, I, I think I, I think I like that method much more. So, I, when I encountered that whole concept in in <clears> the book, I, I thought, well i write you know the way i read i mean i write it a, a lineal novel as you you put it that's the way i always thought of it and then i realized i don't um because <laughs> i i do have i do <laughs> write from beginning to end i i put one scene in front of the other but i right. do exactly what you talked about like i i loop back, um, I just sort of do it, I don't do it as as sort of regimented as you do, I think. What I do is I I get to a point where I'm sort of stuck, and you sort of, you gave an analogy about being, you know, digging a a tunnel uh, that I I felt fit pretty well, because I'll get to a point where I'm like, um, I cannot move forward, I'm in the muddy middle, as they call it, and I can't move forward because something is blocking me, and I don't know what it is, so I'll start, you know, earlier in the book. And I'll remember, oh, I I didn't include this, or I did include that, and it's really set me on a bad path. And then I'll go fix that and write to you know, come right back to where I am, uh, sort of like an edit pass. Yeah. So that's to me, that's that's kind of what you're getting at, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But it's not an edit pass. It's still yeah. in, it's still in your creative voice. That's yeah. the difference. When you put something away for a week and then come back at it cold, your creative voice is like a two year old. It's yeah. moved on. Yeah. It doesn't care anymore. and so you come at it with your creative with your critical voice, and your critical voice isn't as good as your creative voice. It just isn't. that's that you know that's that's where all the the garbage that we have learned is stuck is in our critical <laughs> right. voice. The creative voice is the, is the is the kid in the back that can just play and it knows all this stuff. It knows how to do things that we don't even realize we know how to do. Um, and put stuff in the book that we don't even realize why we're putting it in the book. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's the smart part of us.
0: It and really so is. One
1: of the aspects, <laughs> it, it frighteningly is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, one of the aspects of, of, of not looking at that way is I always stay in creative mode when I go back and fix something. And where, the way I look at it is you, you, I bog down, I kind of go, uh, and get stuck, and I'll jump out immediately, go back a certain number of pages and then just start tinkering and, and still in creative mode until I kind of, it's like I pick up speed and then I can ram through the spot that I was stuck and just keep writing. Yeah. And, uh, and then I, then I get stuck again and then I go back and then I do it again. So it's a constant, you know, back forward, back forward. And, you know, and so it looks like if I actually diagrammed it, it looks like I'm doing little circles, Yeah. you know, just cycling back, cycling back, cycling back all the way through the whole novel. Yeah. And I very seldom to go back to the beginning unless I have to fix something I get to something and go, oh, that needs to be in the beginning. And then I'll go all the way back and put it in the beginning.
0: I, I'm going to totally agree. But I do
1: write from first word on, too.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah, well, I knew you did. I mean, I kind of followed. I mean, it, it, you're – I know that you will sometimes jump to a, a whole different scene, uh, or the non-lineal part of your writing. Um, do you – Do you do that often or is that i mean because i know you go you go beginning to end but i mean are you frequently finding that you come to a point where you're like i i don't know how this scene is going to end so i'm going to write something else or you is that when you jump back and start no okay
1: that's when i jump i go backwards i go back yeah and run at it again yeah 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 I, i i i never i never i never jump ahead if okay. I jump ahead, that usually means that there's nothing between the spot that I was and yeah. the spot that I needed to write. Right. And I just don't know it yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. And then and that's when you would start kind of trimming maybe some stuff out. Like you – that's that uh, diverging path then, mm. right? The extra words. Yeah. I, I,
1: I never I never cut anything out until the book is done. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, I wait until the whole product is sitting there because I don't trust my critical voice at all. Right. I don't trust that voice that says that's not good. You know, the minute I hear myself saying something negative, I immediately stop that because creative voice only works in positive. It only is positive. Okay. And, and so when you hear yourself say, Oh, that sucks, that's your critical voice and that, and you should ignore it. Yeah. Um, you know, you, 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 you play only in the creative voice and then when i get all the way to the end of the book i can look back as a you know and say oh that whole loop there is and what i call a new york loop because, right because i had 100 novels in traditional publishing i was forced to write at 70 to 80 to 90,000 words by contract right. my normal length is what i grew up reading which is back in the 50,000 word length right and so how i got 50,000 words to 90 or 80,000 words is i was put i would put just useless, what I call character loops, where the the characters would run off in a direction, have a little adventure, and come right back to the same spot. Right? And, you know, it's just like a, a, a loose thread sticking off and moving. And I will cut those out when I see them. Yeah. My, yeah. my New York loops. And now New York. Loops. Most of my books come
0: in about a thousand. Yeah. <laughs> about how uh, I most missed my the modern books. I mean, most of them come in at what length?
1: About fifty thousand.
0: Okay, that's me too. And and uh, yeah. I, I keep so i've run into people who've who've not liked that uh it to me it's a comfortable length for the book it usually it's usually the whole story is told everything is wrapped up every every character has you know had their arc and i feel pretty good about the book but people uh there are people out there who do not like that length (laughs) for novels
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's what's really frightening is how traditional publishing um changed everything for a hundred more years, novels were in the range from the 35,000 to the 50,000. That was a normal novel. They very seldom got longer than that. Yeah. And um, um, one of the aspects of, of traditional publishing is they had to have they had to there was a point in time in the middle 80s where they had to start charging more for their books and they had no way that they could so that they, they basically forced the authors to write a little bit more so they could make the books thicker because the printing was the cheap part. Right. And therefore, they could charge more, and right. that just kept going on and on and on all the way through the 90s until suddenly we got up to these big tomes, and it was mostly by contract <laughs> forcing writers to write longer, and it just sort of trained a generation. But for hundreds of years, the the average novel length ran from 30, 35,000, 40,000, 50,000. It's the normal length for telling that kind of story. Right. Um, and the only way you can really get a lot of books except for the big fantasies and things like that is to do plot loops right and it just it's just the nature of the beast and it still goes on
0: <laughs> yeah I, it does I yeah. talked to
1: some of my traditional writing friends and and they're still doing plot loops they're they know they do them yeah you know, yeah they it, run their characters off on a little side mission
0: right and it, it almost kind of feels like they're I don't know it, it feels necessary sometimes because you're so used to reading it now um, and Maybe yeah. that's what people think are missing
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't see it. yeah and i i like I like the old uh, the novels the, the the traditional science fiction and mystery novels yeah. from the fifties and sixties and seventies and stuff that 's where I grew up reading, and I love that form, and it just stuck in my head and that's where I went back to when I could now that i 'm an indie published writer
0: yeah. yeah yeah, and uh one that's one of the things by the way i've appreciated about you um, i mean first of all you the media books. Were something I was always interested in, and uh, I never could find anybody who could tell me how to get into that business. So now that I have you on the line, I'm going to ask you. But I want to first say <laughs> that uh, one of the things I've appreciated most by you I'm a huge advocate of indie publishing, of course, and you know, and I work with Drafted Digital, and that's what we're all about. Uh, but the fact that you know, you produce a, a great volume of work that's aimed at encouraging indie authors, I think that's something that. All, all of us can appreciate. Uh, so I'm very grateful to you for that. So thank you for that.
1: Well, thank you for the comments. Yeah, I, we actually also do you know some uh, online workshops you through do, WMG. Yeah. You can find them on my on my website at deanwesleysmith But we do that and and yeah. But WMG is the is the company that Chris and I started, to, you know, as, as an indie press, and now it publishes quite a bit of stuff. I think where there's WMG has over six hundred titles now. Yeah, um, wow. So it's it's doing gangbusters. And I'm half not I'm of those not involved that much, other than I'm the skipper. <laughs> no, not really. Um, uh, but a good a good chunk of them are, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I can uh, see quite it. A, quite a few of them are, <laughs> but yeah, we do we do other authors too, uh, you know, yeah. through some of our other series. But I have my own magazine too. That's the nice I know, thing about it. I've and I've been that, doing Smiths Monthly now yeah, for three years. Yeah, that's very
0: cool. Yeah, I um I completely stole your yeah. model for. Um, Making a living with short fiction, I'm I'm going to adapt it and use it for my own because I I have a love for short fiction as well and I, um, I uh, I published quite a few of my like short stories and novellas as as e-books. Um, I just never really uh-huh. appro- I I need to approach markets more. You're you're big on approaching actual publications, which I never do for some reason. So I feel like I'm leaving money on the table here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you probably are. <laughs> you probably are the, the the top magazines, the ones that pay um, five cents a word and up. Yeah, um, they will have the subscribers because they can they can afford to pay that, and therefore you get it's like free advertising for your other work. Right. You know, because you you read a story in Asimov's and you really like it. What's the first thing any reader does? They go online and see what the author has. Right. Oh, what else does that author have? And they go over here and then they buy authors' books. Yeah. It's free advertising, and they pay you. <laughs> they pay you to yeah. be in their magazine. Yeah, after reading so, that yeah. I,
0: I realized, yeah, I'm a big dummy. Um because I you know, I I I submitted for years, uh starting in like the eighties I was submitting and uh you know, when I was a kid, you know. And uh I was never getting anywhere with it and so I got frustrated with it. And I think that's why I don't think of it now. Um I got a couple of you know, every now and then I'd get something published and it'd be a few bucks, you know. <laughs> but I always kinda <laughs> Once I discovered indie publishing, I'm like, yeah, I'll just do that.
1: Yeah, it's much more, indie publishing is so much more fun. Yeah. And, you know, I have all of my short stories, which is hundreds of them, um, out standalone, and as well as in my magazine, as well as in collections, you know. So they're doing double and triple duty out there now. Yeah. So it never hurts to add another cash stream in by trying to sell them first.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree with you. (laughs) I'm totally doing it and i'm going to try i need to remember to link to uh your article about that um uh on your blog and that, you know you you share so openly so i i and i appreciate that man cuz you know, one of the things that's great about indie authors in particular is that there is that sort of open everybody shares everything they know and uh you know a lot of people just sort of reshare stuff they learn from you i'm thinking um cuz i see i've <laughs> seen a lot of your stuff i'm like oh i've seen people quote that a few hundred times now you're a source. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Yeah, I'm actually was I have on my list here. I'm going to redo the uh, um, short story, making live a short story to update it because I think I updated about every two years. Yeah. And uh, so I'll, I'm gonna. Uh, it's time that I update it again and get it up to the 2017 because there's more ways of making money now with short fiction than there were even oh. before. Oh, well, listen. So if you need a beta reader gonna, for that, I'm gonna let update me know. it here. Yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> in the next month or two.
0: Good. I'll be, I'll be
1: looking forward to I'm that. I'm going to do the. So I'm doing a Magic Bakery book next. Oh, Magic, that's about copyright. I'm trying to explain okay. copyright to people and how you can, how you can actually, you know, like you take if if copyright is if your copyright on a short story is a pie, and what's nice about the Magic Bakery is is copyright is you can take a piece of the pie out, yeah. and that piece reappears and you can sell it again and you can sell it again. Yeah, it's, it's great.
0: Okay, magic. I'm magic. looking forward to that. <laughs> magic. Yeah, because yeah, that, that is actually something.
1: be another book, but it'll be it'll it'll be blogs on my website.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's uh that is something yeah. that people have a hard time understanding. I, I I also I mean I you know I've been in the business for quite a while now, and I I still sometimes kind of flip uh, concepts or something, and and don't always understand how the rights work. Uh, so that'll be useful. I'll read that. Um, it'll it'll be a fun one so i I did want to get back to the media books because that's again, like i said now i I've met like Peter David, who was another big media book author and that am I using the right term i mean is that because I never know what to call them i mentally, I think I refer to them as like i p books because <laughs> they're someone else's intellectual property mm-hmm. but uh i've I've always been curious about that like yeah, how did you get into that?
1: Um I tripped and fell into it, okay yeah that <laughs> seems good, to be the
0: normal it. path. Um,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it. You got you you have to have a career going anyhow with your own work. Right. that's number one. And so you can't start off as a beginning writer and go into media. It doesn't work that way. Okay. Um, basically, my my quick story is is I was editing pulp magazine, and um, um, I had bought a story from a writer by the name of John Ordor. And um, he and Chris was editing FNSF magazine. My wife, Christine Calvin Raj,
2: mm-hmm. was
1: editing the magazine of fantasy and science fiction. And so um, John needed something to do with something. And so he called Chris, and they were talking on the phone. And we had just watched the premiere of Deep Space Nine three days before it actually premiered, because back in those days, you could intercept it with a big satellite dish. Right. A big satellite dish. We could intercept the feed from the east to the west coast and we watched deep space nine and we loved it. And John said, Oh, did you guys like that? And we were talking about that. He was talking with Chris about that. And he said, I'm the new editor at pocket books for the star Trek line. And I need writers. Oh man. And so Chris <laughs> and I said, sure, we'll write one of the very first deep space nine. And then we became basically, and it was me, um, doing it. Although Chris's name's on a lot of the books, but a lot of them I wrote just alone because Chris was busy doing other things. Right. Um, but, um, um it was it was one of those um, things where we started doing that and we became known as you know major we were part of that crew there was right. like six or seven writers including Peter David and yeah and uh, a few like that and L A Graf and and others and basically we were doing all the Star Trek books and Chris and I always did the first original so we did the first original Enterprise we did the first original uh, Voyager. Mm -hmm. first you know novel literally writing the book far before the show premiered just from scripts and then I worked with Paramount on some Star Trek stuff and you know did a movie uh, that turned into a game Klingon
0: yes which I owned (laughs) I was gonna bring that up yeah I I I owned (laughs) that game sorry (laughs) no no I actually liked it I uh, but I was a big Star Trek nerd I was a next generation nerd at the time so I I bought everything that came out and I, I, yeah, I owned that. <laughs> I even had the bumper sticker yeah, that, that came was, with it. It was
1: fun to do. I bet. Yeah, was fun to do. Fra- Jonathan Frakes directed that actually, and it was great fun. Yeah, and, actually, uh, I, think I ended I knew up getting. That, yeah. uh, Chris, and I ended up getting story credit. Yeah, and uh, but we, I actually did the script for it. Oh. It was fun. But uh, did a lot of stuff like that. I did thirty-five. Uh, I think I did thirty-five or thirty-eight Star Trek novels and, yeah. and projects uh, along the way, and then I. I did the original men in black novels and yeah. I did Spider-Man and X-Men novels and God, it goes on and on gaming novels. And, yeah. Yeah. But it just, it was all because of that one phone call that I had bought a story from a guy that ended up getting hired. And, um, and we already had careers. I already had not, we already had novels sold and out. Right. And, um, and he said, you guys want to do this. And I just loved it. I just, I had a blast. Yeah. It was a great decade of writing nothing but that <laughs> more fun than anything.
0: Yeah, I could totally get behind. I mean, I, I, there were, I, I always wanted to write some of those. I mean, I, because I was a fan and I had story ideas and I, you know, know where to put them basically. So these days I'll just write it, you know, and it's it's you know Star Trek in my head, but but becomes Citadel, you know, when I take it to print or whatever. So I
1: just steal exactly. steal my own exactly. stories. Exactly, that's yeah. the way to do it. Yeah, yeah, make it make it your own. Make it your own.
0: Yeah, exactly the way to do it uh so i okay looking at your like i was looking at your catalog of books on amazon and i'm like yeah i read that i read that or that oh. <laughs> i never oh put God. it together yeah so i've read a ton of your books and and didn't know it until uh recently so <laughs> sorry
1: about that <laughs> well i wrote also, i also wrote it under well, that's fine. That's I, I'm I know I'm that way. I yeah. know I'm, you know, one of the best read unknown authors out there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have 21 million copies of my books in print right now. Right. And so, you know, you, when you have 21 million, a lot of people are reading your stuff and never associate the name. Right. It just, it just is, it's just, I'm fine with that. I don't mind. I don't want to be famous. I just want to keep writing and having fun. Right. And so I have no desire to be famous. As
0: long as i I
1: think I'm glad paid. I am. I have followed this career. Yeah. So.
0: So uh you okay, now you, you no longer do those though, right? Did you walk away from it for any no. particular reason?
1: Yeah, I um, got tired. just got tired of it yeah um, you know, and, and tired of dealing with having to do the outlines. I wanted to write my own stuff yeah, but at that point in time, indie had indie hadn't hit yet yeah and so I basically said well, I'm done and I sort of walked away. I was doing ghost projects too. I was a ghost writer. Okay. I wasn't a ghostwriter for an author for authors. I was a ghostwriter when New York publishers said we've got a big name author that can't hit his deadline, and we've already advertised the book. Yeah, and um, I would step in and and write the book for the for the uh, New York Times bestseller. I didn't and, even know that was an and not only so. Not only have I been a best <laughs> yeah, not only have I been a bestseller on my under my own name, but I've been a bestseller under a whole bunch of other people's names. Wow, all <laughs> and, right. And then I I I yeah, I ghosted I ghosted quite a bit for a while there and that was really good money cuz when they need something really really fast they pay you really really a lot i bet and uh, so that was you know the, and i'm known as a fast good writer yeah you know, i can write clean copy <clears throat> fast yeah and so there were many publishers came to me and said dean save us here yeah and uh, and i did that you know off and on but that got tiring too yeah, i bet. and then i had a, a series of yeah you know, series of books under under a pen name because I couldn't sell original books after I got so well-known as a uh, media writer. I couldn't sell original books under Dean Wesley Smith hmm. because nobody in New York wanted to be have that name contaminate. So, you know, I was writing thrillers, and they would go, oh, we don't want, you know, um, the, that, the reviews to say media writer, or Star Trek writer, Dean Wesley Smith, writing in, as a thriller. So yeah. I had to write under pen names, which I, I signed Do Not Disclose, and they're still in print, so I can't tell anybody about them. Really, other than I wrote thrillers out there, yeah, huh, yeah,
0: see so, that would bug me, yeah,
1: can't tell anybody it's... <laughs> you get used to it yeah i've got I've got about fifty or sixty novels out there that are under other names that nobody knows I wrote,
0: yeah, that's just and, uh, incredible,
1: just it was just part of it was part of what I did it was part of what I did as a you know that's what I did, made a living, had fun, yeah had to write,
0: you know, and i I, I have no problem with it. that's the other thing about indie publishing is you know cross genre i mean it's not it's not always advised but heck if you want to write in any genre you want write in any genre you want <laughs>
1: yep, Lucy, I, I, stop do. You. I do yeah yeah you do <laughs> yeah and, and i do and yeah i do completely and yeah, what you have to do with that is just make sure that you're, you're branding on your covers and and, right. and you know and your blurbs and everything tell the reader exactly what you're writing so they don't get it confused with you know your star trek or right. or with with something else so, right yeah you know, I, and i write you know i write across all kinds of stuff
0: so yeah you know, one of the things that you nature of
1: that beast
0: yeah uh, and one of the things that you wrote about in, in writing into the dark that i i kind of chuckled at was um because i i struggle with the outlying thing and i'm, I'm kind of being asked to submit an outline for something now and i'm chafing against it but um the idea oh. that you would you know pitch the outline and then once the book was approved you never looked at it again you just went and wrote the book (laughs) which i'm like that's the way to go (laughs) i
1: i I never looked at it again and i realized that worked on i think the second or third book that i did in media because i lost the outline okay (laughs) (laughs) i I turned in this outline and and totally totally lost it couldn't find it and and i went well oh what the heck, I'll just write the book anyhow, and I wrote it into the dark, like I do my original novels, and I had a blast doing it, it worked out great, I turned it into the editor, the editor said, ah, perfect, Paramount approved it, and off we went, and so from that point on, <laughs> I so. never worried about it. I just do the outline like it was another exercise, you know, and then be done with it, yeah, but sometimes it I, think, I lost one.
0: yeah, I think most of the time they don't even look at the actual outline, they just want to see you know where you're going with it, I think. Do you think that's it?
1: Right, and you're not doing something stupid. Yeah, and you're not doing something stupid. It yeah. goes against the uh, the parameters of of the media world that you're writing in. Right. Yeah.
0: yeah. So that yeah, I I can kind of understand it. I mean, I come across authors all the time who just swear by their their outlines, and you know, and I have a writing partner. Uh, he and I have worked on some things together. Um, I will admit that you know, because his love, he loves the outlines. So he'll write the outline and then he'll hand it to me, and I'll write the book. Um, I think what worked out for us last time is he forgot to finish the outline, he, like he didn't write the ending. Um, so I had yeah. carte blanche to just do whatever I wanted. <laughs> so it worked out really well.
1: <laughs> I, I had that. I I had that on a movie novelization actually happened. Um, I got the script. And I was supposed to novelize um, the movie Final Fantasy. Right. Um, the one that was that sort of you know. The whatever it was it was the final fantasy movie yeah and i was supposed to novelize it and i got right to the end i'm following along with the script and putting it all in and then there wasn't anything more and i'm going that's not the end and so i called one of the producers and he said oh we haven't got there yet and i'm like oh, um i gotta have this book turned in in a couple days here and he goes oh just make something up and i'm like okay and so i created an ending and it turns out they end up using most of it at the movie. <laughs> the nice, movie. that's nice. See, okay, <laughs> so they liked what I did. they liked what I did. Yeah, that whole bird scene at the end of the movie—I just made that shit up. Nice. <laughs> okay,
0: first of all, I I have heard a similar story to that before, uh, and I think it was Peter David actually who who was writing like uh, adaptation of uh, maybe it was the one of the Hulk movies or something, but. He gets to the end and there's there's nothing they won't tell him the ending because it's classified or something, and so he just right. made up an ending. Yeah. Now in his case, they did not use his ending, <laughs> so you know of course the fans get pissed <laughs> because it has nothing to do with the movie at that point. But it's probably nothing better. to do with
1: the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I I thought it was just a lark and it was it was funny because oh no we're not there yet we don't know how we're going to end it. I'm thinking you're you're doing this movie like a book from the front to the back, but it was that kind of graphic uh, illustration that they were doing. And that, yeah. you know, it was kind of a, a, of that final fantasy. I don't know what the technique was called, but it was, it was kind of fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it so was that, weird. I remember that movie coming You're, out to, you know, that's where I first learned of the
1: term uncanny divide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, that's cool. Yeah. I did a lot of really, really strange movie novelizations, you know, mm-hmm. did, um, one for, um, the, the movie where they board to the center of the earth. And yeah. and they had a, I literally, they had a, a, a mineral in there that they used for the ship. And it was called unobtainium. Oh. And I read this in the script and I started laughing. I called my editor and I said, is this for real? He was laughing. He said, yep, that's what they call it. And they actually called it in the movie. That's funny. Unobtainium. They use that again.
0: Uh, uh, <laughs> did you like, see Avatar? They used, That's the ele- element that they were after in Avatar. Oh, did Cameron steal that? Yeah, I think oh, so. Funny, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah. Such yeah, a he's ludicrous known for name. borrowing. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Yeah. Now Unab- I know. Well, I mean, you know, I've heard worse. I've heard worse things. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> At least it sounds like well, I mean, some of the Star Trek, Star Trek, the Star Trek babble could really go on. <laughs> <and> oh, <laughs> I know. Was, yeah. Making yeah. stuff up about. Oh. <laughs> it, it was, that's It great. was great fun. So yeah that, writing media was was really really a
0: good time yeah i bet i mean i well you know especially if you're a fan of the property you know and um getting to kind of play around with the characters and you know you're not going to be allowed to do anything too drastic you know you, you can't have the borg surrender the federation or something but i mean you can you can do some cool stuff and uh and fans go crazy over that kind of thing i'm surprised that they i've seen that market kind of dwindle uh from my perspective I, I don't see as much of it as i used to and i'm not sure why and well and
1: also it it doesn't pay much for the writers yeah anymore. i, I okay. mean i was i was making really good money and and now the writers you know they'll make three to five thousand dollars a book yeah for a star trek book it's just not it's not it's not worth time anymore yeah, bad. you can make more than that writing your own book on an in, on an indie, you know, if it just you know, and have it sell over ten years, a few copies here and there, you right? Can make more than that, right? So. Yeah,
0: I I think I would probably do it just just because I've always wanted to do it, but I don't look at that as like you know, yeah. I want my career to be media books. I didn't,
1: I wouldn't want that anyway. That's not my, that's not really yeah. what I'm after. <laughs> it was, it was one of the hardest things I did was to try to recover from the media. I bet. You know, I mean, you still go on Amazon and you see all the media books, right? You know, um, as well as my own books now that are all scattered through there, right? But, uh, and I and I'm proud of the media books. I have no problem. I don't regret doing them. It, well, it, that, that it, brings it, up it was fun.
0: That brings up a good question. Then is that do you see, like, has that hurt you at all uh, in your indie writing career to have those books out there?
1: Um, sure, absolutely. Yes. Hmm. Um, in the start. Um, about four years ago, I, I decided to really make a run at the indie, mm-hmm. and I and I logged on to Amazon, and I think the first thing that I had up was five pages deep, my first original. I mean, because you know people bought the Star Treks and the Men in Blacks and yeah. the Spidermans and the X Men's and all the gaming novels and all the other stuff I did, and so under my name on Amazon, and it was just, and I thought, well, maybe I should just fire up a brand new name, yeah. and then Chris convinced me not to do that, and so I just said okay my goal is to overwhelm the meat books yeah and just you know just literally overwhelm them and so i started doing that and i put i've been putting out 25 to 30 major books not counting the short stories 25 to 30 major books a year wow now for the last four years and per, and now i've overwhelmed them you know i have yeah. series Whoa. that have seven and eight and nine books in them and it's not hard when like you're putting that. out
0: 30 books a year man come on leave some for the rest of us man yeah.
1: <laughs> I had to I had to overwhelm I had to over I had to get yeah. to the point where it wasn't just media books on the first page when someone when someone googled my name or logged on to Amazon or something they saw my books as well as the media books. Right. And so that took that took concentrated effort and and luckily I'm prolific and fast. Yeah. And uh, and I love to write and I could I could do it. You know,
0: yeah. So now I, you know, now, now you're people, just
1: they are... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Yeah, no. No, now I'm just, I'm just going on. Yeah. keeping going. You're just prolific now.
0: You're in eclectic. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> I'm very, yeah, very across, across the board. I mean, I write science, I write big space opera, I write uh, time travel westerns, and I write yeah. uh, uh, puzzle mysteries. So. You know, those are my three major series plus, yeah. You know.
0: How many hours a day are you spending, writing?
1: Oh, not very many. Yeah. Two or
0: three. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. That,
1: it, I read about a thousand words an hour. Right. Yeah.
0: I it's surprising to people. I am the same, by the way. I mean I do maybe two hours a, a, a day writing these days. I was for a time I was putting in, you know, ten, twelve hours a day. I would I'd do crazy amounts of writing, but now it's more like two two hours tops. Um and I still have the same volume of work coming out, which is interesting. But
1: uh people are usually yeah. surprised by that. <laughs> If if you're con, if you're consistent, that's the key. Yeah. Yeah. If you just do it every day, two or three thousand words a day adds up to enormous amounts very quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, and and especially when when novels are are, you know, forty fifty thousand words. I mean, I went down to Las Vegas in January and I did this, you know, as on my blog so people could follow it, and I said, well, I'm gonna I I used to say I can't write when I'm traveling, and I decided, well, that's I'm just convincing myself I couldn't write while traveling. Right. So. I literally went down to Vegas, blogged all the way down about getting ready, and I was in a hotel room in a casino in Vegas down there, and I wrote a novel in five days. I wrote yeah. one of my puzzle mysteries in five days. Nice, you know, and it's it's actually out now. People could read it. They could oh. see what I did in five days.
0: See, that's and cool. So, you yeah. know, it
1: just, and I didn't. I still played in poker tournaments. I still hung around with my friends and had dinner with all my friends that were down there at the time. Yeah. And uh, you know, it wasn't me going down there and being isolated. It was me going down there on vacation. Oh, I'll write a novel while I'm doing it. What the heck? Right. That's oh, I'll, I'll write, what the heck? Yeah. yeah.
0: Now I see. Now that's cool what though. What the heck? And, yeah. And I, I mean, I've done that. You know, I've done some ridiculous things too. You know, like I'm gonna write sixty thousand words yeah. today, and then um, and scotch helps when you're when you're doing oh. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, a good ba- and a good back and a good back and. And, yeah, and and arm braces. There's
0: a reason I've never done it <laughs> <Yeah>. since. Okay, <laughs> just because yeah, you can do exactly. something once, but uh, I think also yeah. you're you hit the right note there that it's about consistency. So like, the other question I I know people are going to want to ask, um, so I'm going to ask it is, uh, how do you do you market your work? Like how do you get the word out there that you have a book? It might not be that oh, hard. I now. put it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
1: I just I just put it out. We're doing we're at WMG. Um we have a you know we have um six employees at WMG. Yeah. We also have two stores that are brick and brick and mortar stores oh. um as well here in town in WMG that have employees in them but but um WMG is it has a publisher Allison Longuera. She runs the company um and you know basically we're doing you know we do the newsletters we do all the standard stuff and they announce it in, in wmg and it goes out we're doing different kinds of ads here yeah. and there we don't go after the bookstores very much yeah um, we're we're only going after the readers and so um but mostly my advertising is someone somewhere will pick up either a short story or a book read it and go oh i wonder what else and then they'll start into a series and then yeah. they'll read the series and and uh you know it's just a standard thing but now I have enough stuff that they can do that. Yeah. without getting sidetracked too much into Star Trek where I make no money.
0: <laughs> right, right. Well, and plus like you said, you're writing short fiction and selling it to markets that basically are paying you to yeah. advertise you, which I think is that qualifies as brilliant marketing actually. So <laughs> bravo. Yeah. <laughs> and I also,
1: and I also have my own magazine, The Smiths Monthly, yeah, which has yeah. you know been going now for I'm in the fourth year, and and so I have subscribers to that, and I have a Patreon, and I have my blog, and you know although on my blog I don't tend to spend a lot of time on my own writing, yeah. Every so often someone gives me a lecture, I should spend more time on your own writing on your blog, and I'm like, eh, yeah, nah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they know I'm a writer. I'll I'll right. mention that I'm out there, and then every so often, um, you know, if I'm writing a novel, I'll actually. Detail out day by day how many words I got on the novel done, yeah. and people like watching that. They they like like watching you know the progress along. I'll start doing that here this spring as I start doing a lot of books again. Yeah, and um, so you know it's that sort of thing is it's it's sort of a more of a word of mouth yeah type of thing. Um, so um, and yeah. I have a lot of titles, so it adds up. Yeah, I don't have to sell a lot per title either.
0: Right, and that's a key that I tell people all the time is you know you can have. You don't have to make a ton of money per book to make a living at this. You just got to have a lot of books, and you, that's what you want to do anyway, right? You just got to have a.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got to have a lot of books. That's the key element. Yeah. Is you got to have a lot of books?
0: So. Uh, or a lot
1: of product. I mean, that's why. Go ahead. Go ahead. That's what, okay, me, That's why marketing. That's why marketing. A short story. You know, when you put it out a standalone. I put them out at two ninety nine electronic and four ninety nine paper. I actually do paper for my short stories, wow. most of them. And then, and then um, um, I also do um, put them in a the collection, which I'm starting a whole new ser- whole new collection series called Collect the Collected Smith, and that's just getting started. And so there'll be five stories there. So the same story is outstanding alone. It's in the collection, and then it was also in my magazine somewhere. Yeah. And so it you know, literally that's doing triple duty. So that one short story is making is making little trickles of money all right. over the place. Right. Yeah. 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 That's the way, you yeah. So in, in that Smith, the way
0: to do it, yeah. So in Smith way to do Smith Monthly Smith's monthly. I'm never gonna be able to say that properly. In the in your <laughs> magazine, um, you uh, yes. is, is it just your work or do you take on other
1: writers as well? No, nope. just mine. Just I yours. do seventy thousand words a month and Yep, just mine. I have one novel every month, um, a short uh, four four or five short stories every month, and uh, sometimes and something serialized every month. Okay. Sometimes it's a serialized novel. Sometimes it's it's a serialized one of the nonfiction writing books. Or I had a golf book I wrote and I put that in there. Um, nice. It's just uh, so it's it's a novel, four short stories, and something serialized. And it's all mine. Seventy thousand okay. words of mine every month
0: very very cool yeah, i mean crazy. that's totally that, no,
1: totally but you can do it in the new you can do it in the new world
0: yeah that's um it's and true. that's really what it's all about i mean it's it's kind of i, I don't know I'm con- i i'm one of these people that i will stop and consider like the profundity of of what is going on in the world around me every now and then and that's one of those things that just blows my mind is that you know there i have a career now that couldn't have existed in its current form anyway could not have existed back you know when I was
1: in my 20s you know <laughs> yeah well so, I, my my career right now would I would not be writing anymore I'd be done it. Um, yeah. because I wouldn't I just couldn't deal with the New York and the traditional and I never would sign a New York contract now I would you know losing all the copyright I would never have done that now yeah no so I, I would be done I'd be off playing poker somewhere yeah
0: yeah <laughs> yeah there you go yeah so it's it's kind of incredible
1: and, and I want to say something <laughs> What you guys are doing from the indie side, what you guys are doing at draft to digital is just awesome. Oh, I mean, you're doing so many good things, and, and, and that Universal Link thing that you guys came up with, I don't know who came up with that, but holy smoke. I, that I can take
0: changer. zero credit yeah. for, for the Universal Book Links, uh, but I, I do find that to be the <laughs> coolest thing that we do. Like, I, I know we have a lot of cool stuff, and we do a lot for authors, oh, but for me, that was the thing that, that was the very first thing that I was involved with when I joined the company. And, uh, I, I it, yeah. it has blown my mind. It blew my mind. then. It's blown my mind ever since. So
1: <laughs> I'm glad you appreciate yeah. it. You, what you guys do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. And all of us indie writers out here do, you know, out right. in the world, what you guys are doing at draft to digital is just, it's just a godsend. Well, <laughs> to I'm, So I'll, many of us. I'll let
0: them know so. that. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah. Well, um, we're kind of coming up on time and I, I, I want to respect your time. Uh, so we we'll, is there anything else you want to kind of, is there anything you want to pitch? Like you got something coming up you want to announce or? No,
1: no, okay. nothing really. I'm just, <laughs> you know, going on doing my thing.
0: <laughs> Good deal. All right. All right. Well, so for everybody listening, uh, all the things we talked about, I tried to keep a, a nice little journal of this as we were going, but, uh, you're be able to find pretty much everything in the show notes of this episode. And of course you want to check out DeanWesleySmith.com. Uh, if you're an author in particular, I think you're going to enjoy uh, that website and readers, of course, can find his work there and on Amazon and elsewhere. Uh, he, he's not shy; he's out there, uh, easy to find. And so, uh, Dean, I really appreciate you being on the show, man. I, I, I've looked forward to this ever since you and I connected.
1: Well, thank you and thanks, and good luck with your writing too. I, I really appreciate the time on this. That's the thing.
0: All right. That was my interview with Dean Wesley Smith. Um, You know, one of the things that I kind of dig about uh, what he does. uh, So basically he's just constantly writing, which is is something I tell everyone to do. Um, And he has, yes, he has built on his previous success. Uh, but you heard it from his own lips. I mean, he basically had to start over when he started self-publishing um, anything other than the Star Trek books, you know, the media tie-in stuff. So, you know, he had to go through a lot of the same hoops, uh, jump through a lot of the same hoops that we other indie authors have to jump through and build his career just like we do. So I think, um, I think he's a great example but one of the things that uh, kind of hit home with me was the idea of short fiction, which I have had a personal experience with, uh, you know, I wrote, I committed to writing a short story a day for 30 days a couple of years ago um, and found that that was one of the best tools for uh, growing my audience. <laughs> I mean, I, it just, it just worked so well. Um, I posted a short story every day. Which may, which was a bit taxing, but if you were to do just commit to a short story every single week, I think you could grow your your following, your readership, uh, pretty easily. Um, now I, I say this, and uh, I keep talking about doing it, and yet have yet to do it. But <laughs> and that's because I've got other things going on. That uh, I, I no, 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 no. Those are excuses. The reason I haven't done it is because I haven't set aside the time to do it. That's why I haven't I haven't done it. <laughs> so, but I would recommend it. Um, if you want to grow your readership, uh, if you want to uh, build up a nice following and promote your work, I think short fiction is a great way to go. I would post it on your blog. You know, Dean may disagree with some of my philosophy and strategy here, but one strategy I recommend is uh, post something on your blog get feedback update it fix it do whatever you gotta do to it um make it as appealing to your audience as possible and then uh after about a month or two just like dean was saying uh you've got a collection of short stories that you can publish in a volume uh i love that he has his own magazine that they the uh forget the name of it i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it's Smith's Mo- Smith's Monthly. That's what it is, Smith's Monthly. That's very difficult for me to say. Um, but you know, something along those lines is very cool. I mean, put that out, and if you've got a loyal following, they will buy it. And what I would recommend there is to write some original material, whether it's an essay or another short story, uh, as part of that. So that even the people who um, have faithfully read and, and kept up with you on your blog get something new out of picking that up um another effective tool by the way is gratitude uh thank the people who comment on your blog and give you feedback uh the people who have helped you shape that work you know put put a put a uh, a little gratitude page in your little publication there uh you know uh you do this in books all the time anyway there's a thank you section sometimes do that i mean that that will help a lot and people who are being named in there uh first of all I would post that list also on your blog to say, this is the list that's going into the book, you know, and, uh, people will see that and appreciate it and buy, they'll probably buy that just because their names in it and they'll tell other people about it. So you get word of mouth advertising. That's the best there is. <laughs> I mean, you can spend a million dollars on marketing and promotion and you will never beat out, um, the word of mouth, uh, the benefits of word of mouth advertising, word of mouth marketing. Uh, word of mouth promotion. I mean, the the people who are your, your raving fans who go out and promote you uh, free of charge, that's going to outpace anything you can pay for. There isn't a book bub on the planet that's <laughs> going to be better than that. So, uh, so do that. Um, and uh, I think that pretty much wraps us up for the week. Uh, I, I really appreciate everybody kind of dropping in and saying hello and... Uh, you know all the great feedback i get whenever uh whenever you guys uh drop in on the website uh you can do that by the way if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com you can um you can there's a number of things you can do you send me an email from there on the contact tab you can check out my work which is really cool click on the books tab and you'll see uh, um all my all my books that are currently available um and you can buy those from practically anywhere. They, you can send me a voicemail from the wordslingerpodcast.com homepage. Click the little send voicemail tab on the right-hand side. Um, some people just choose to record their message and send it to me directly, and I'm fine with that too. Um, in fact, if you want to do that, here's my here's my email address. And uh, this is difficult. Well, it's easier if you just go through the contact button, but you can email me anytime at, Kevin at Um And then... Uh, it's just easier probably to reach me through the contact button on the site, though, because now you don't have to write anything down. <laughs> just remember wordslingerpodcast.com. Um, anyway, those are all great, great ways to reach me, uh, contact me, ask me anything. You can, uh, if you would like to support the show in any way, uh, there's a couple ways that I would, I would appreciate you doing that. Uh, Number one is go and rate and rank the show on iTunes Um, and anywhere else you can, wherever you listen to it, you know, give it a, give it a thumbs up or five stars or whatever their ranking method happens to be. Write an actual review if you, if you don't mind. And if you're capable of doing that uh, on with whatever tool you're using, Uh, sometimes they don't give you, they don't enable you to do that. But if you can leave a review and say why you like the show, what it is about the show that uh, motivates you. And why other people should listen. That helps a lot. Uh, and then you can help the show financially by going to the Patreon uh, account for it. On, go to wordslingerpodcast.com. Click the Patreon logo. And uh, you can you can donate any amount you want. Uh, my, any monthly amount you want. And it's very helpful. Uh, I've already I've paid for new equipment. Actually, right now, you're listening to me on a brand new mic stand. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually just testing this one out uh, because I'm going to carry it when I travel. And it does—it works just fine, so I, I can attest to its quality. I bought a Manfrotto desktop. Um, it's not really a mic stand. It's actually a tripod but it, for like a camera. But my um, H4n has that same mount, so I'm able to use it. So uh, that's been very helpful to me. I've got my regular mic stand. I'll probably just continue to use it home. And this one goes in my travel kit, uh, so that I can record on the road. So would not have it. If not for you, do I sound different? Cause I'm on a different mic stand. Just checking. Uh, anyway, so I appreciate all that support. I had a great conversation with Chris Austin from draft digital over the past week. I was in Oklahoma city this past week. Um, and, uh, had a great conversation with him about Patreon actually, which has inspired some, uh, some ideas. Um, I'm going to... I I have been threatening to do this for years now. I will find a way, I will find time uh, to go through and sort of create a much better Patreon campaign. One that doesn't rely on a video that's like four years out of date. (laughs) Uh, And uh, and actually may offer some incentives uh, for different levels of donation. So... Uh, It's just something you got to get around to, you know? I mean, other people have already put in their time, uh, the cost of time to do it. I just need to do it. See how lazy I can get? (laughs) It's because I got 4,000 things to pay attention to. Uh, No, no excuses. So, All right, well, take care, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless each and every one of you. Um, I just appreciate you. Uh, I I know uh, I can be a little difficult to deal with and live with out in the real world sometimes i appreciate you looking past some of my flaws and foibles uh my ultra conservative views at times that sort of thing and just you know supporting me anyway um that's the way i feel the same way uh regardless of how we may see the world differently uh i greatly appreciate that we are both here to see it together so God bless all of you. Take care of yourselves out there. And I will see you next week.
2: Word Slinger.